This is the first episode of the Higher Sports Podcast, where it'll just be me solo, breaking down, analyzing Denver sports specifically, uh, with you know some national NFL and NBA thrown in there too, uh, when necessary. Just like this first episode, by the way, it'll be week two NFL predictions. It's Friday. Thursday night game happened 24 hours ago. Eagles, Vikings, crazy, ugly game in the first half with tons of fumbles spread out throughout the entire game. Uh, There's that Jefferson fumble that went through the back of the end zone and that led to a 61-yarder by Jake Elliott right before halftime. Huge swing in the game. And then, obviously, Alexander Madison fumbled twice for the Vikings as well. Um, And the Eagles, just like they did last week, kind of squeak away at the end with the win, kind of coming out of New England, pretty lucky towards the end. And then coming out of this game, too, um, pretty lucky as well. So Eagles are 2-0. and uh, I've got this Virginia-Maryland college football game on right now. Pretty pretty crazy. Uh, Maryland up 21-14. But anyways, we'll get into it. Week one, last week uh, on a podcast I did with TJ or Rishi, probably both of them. Uh, I went 11-5 and five in my prediction, which is Pretty good week one, and then I even tweeted out my best bet of the week was the Atlanta Falcons minus three and a half against the Carolina Panthers, and I said that the score would be twenty four to ten Falcons, and guess what? It was twenty four to ten Falcons, so that was pretty crazy uh, to just guess the perfect score like that uh, for my first, you know, whatever like best bet uh, that I tweeted out. But yeah, eleven and five last week. I got the Kansas City game wrong, Minnesota game wrong, New Orleans. Uh, I thought Tennessee was going to win, and then Seattle, I thought L.A. was going to win, and then Denver, I unfortunately thought Denver was going to win. We'll see what I think this week. Um, But yeah, getting into it, huge first game um, to break down. Baltimore at Cincinnati. Cincinnati's favored by three. Had an ugly, ugly first game against Cleveland, but man, this Obviously, a huge rivalry in the AFC North that had that insane playoff game last year with no Lamar Jackson, but Tyler Huntley went up into Cincinnati and almost won that game. He had that that uh, play at the goal line where he fumbled, and Sam Hubbard of the Bengals returned it for a touchdown, and that was pretty much it. If Huntley had scored there, um, and it looked like the Ravens could have won that game, so... Really looking forward to this game. Tons of injuries for Baltimore, unfortunately. Ronnie Stanley, Tyler Linderbaum, two offensive linemen are out. And then uh, Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Williams, two guys in the secondary who are both really, really good at their respective positions, um, out. And then, obviously, J.K. Dobbins out for the season. Really stinks for him, which, um, you know, his third major injury um, in the last four like four years, I mean, this one's tough. This one's really tough. And Achilles, super tough to come back from. His career, I, I don't know, you know, how much longer it can go, unfortunately. Um, but anyways, getting into this game, Joe Burrow and the Bengals look really, really messy week one, which was kind of expected considering Burrow didn't play all of preseason, missed most of camp as well with that calf injury. Um 
And yeah, it's only scored three points against a pretty good Browns defense, uh, which features Miles Garrett, who just goes insane against the Bengals every single time uh, he plays them, which is something I want to talk about. The Bengals offensive line, unimpressive again, just year after year. They cannot get this figured out, especially early on in the season. Burrow's just getting hit and hit and hit. Um, and in this in this tough weather game, so many balls slipping out of Burrow's hands and, and, and Deshaun Watson's hand, you know, the Bengals just couldn't get anything going. Um, I think there's a lack of creativity in their offense, which is kind of concerning, but stuff that they'll, I think, fix up, you know, as the season goes on, just as they did last year uh they started off the season really poorly going oh and two and bro i think had four maybe even five interceptions in that week one game against pittsburgh um and so yeah it seems like the Bengals always start off pretty slowly but it's it, it just like it seems like they have jamar chase t higgins joe mixon and they're like okay our talent is just better than your talent we're just gonna run these routes and they just should be open. And, and that's all we're going to do. You know, like there's no motion, there's no, you know, creativity in that offense to get things going where, when things are static and, and when the other team um, is playing well defensively. So I think that's something that they need to fix up. And then on the Ravens side of things, uh, they looked, you know, not fantastic, especially Lamar Jackson throwing the ball against Houston. Um, and yeah, their run game just took a big hit with all those offensive linemen and, and J.K. Dobbins out. Um, so I think it'll be you know tough for both teams to score. I have Cincinnati twenty three, Baltimore twenty. I I do think Cincinnati does end up pulling this game out because um, those injuries are just they're just too much to ignore. So Cincinnati's favored by three. I have them winning by three. Um, and so yeah, move on to the next game. Seattle at Detroit. Detroit is favored by four and a half. Uh, we'll see if if the fans show up in these blue ski masks like CJ Gardner Johnson was telling them to. That would be really funny and, and interesting and, you know, kind of scary just looking up into the stands and it's just a bunch of blue ski masks. Um, so, yeah, well, Detroit fan base is pretty crazy. Showed out in Kansas City and so... No, I think there'll be, there's going to be a lot of people in those ski masks. Um, Seattle lost week one to LA, which was disappointing and surprising. Their offense, similarly to the Bengals, it, it really reminds me of that Bengals offense just because they got DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, uh, Jackson Smith, and Jigba. You know, great talent at receiver, yet lack creativity and it's just like okay we're just gonna throw the ball up to dk metcalf and hope he can make a play and just you know there's no like tying plays together no setting the defense up um and they only put up 13 against uh not a very talented rams defense uh and so yeah i i think against detroit who looks like they have a much improved defense obviously Kadarius tony (laughs) <laughs> had a big part in making the Lions defense look a lot better than it, it might be. But I think this the additions of C.J. Gardner-Johnson uh, and, and Brian Branch in the secondary, the rookie out of, out of Alabama, I, I think is huge. He made a fantastic play on the football, uh, returning that pick six in the Kansas City game. 
Um, and then Aiden Hutchinson and that entire front seven uh, looks like they're breaking out. Jack Campbell, the, that uh, rookie linebacker was in there against Kansas City, looked pretty good. And then, yeah, Aiden Hutchinson looks like he's on his way to becoming a beast. Um, don't think the Seattle defense is very good at all. And obviously Detroit brings in an offense that is extremely dynamic. Uh, Jameer Gibbs, I think they'll feed him the ball. Uh, a little bit more in week two after he showed out in week one, had some crazy carries, but didn't get the ball very much. Uh, and then Amon Ross St. Brown at receiver, Sam Laporta at tight end looked pretty good. Uh, a rookie out of Iowa, you know, they always produce good tight ends. Um, so I've got Detroit by four in this game. The spread is four and a half. So uh, this is one I will definitely not be betting because it could go either way, but um Detroit 31, Seattle 27 is my score prediction. Uh, Yeah, we'll move on to the third game. Indianapolis at Houston. This actually is my best bet of the day. Houston minus one is the line. Um, And I'll tell you why I think Houston is going to win by more than that. Um, I think a matchup to watch is Damian Pierce against the Colts defensive line. Uh, I think this is a D-line that Pierce can run against. Uh, Houston threw the ball 46 times in that Ravens game, which I don't think is a recipe for success with a rookie quarterback. It shows how much they trust C.J. Stroud to, to run that offense, and I think um, he played pretty well considering everything. It seemed like he had the hardest job out of the rookie quarterbacks this week. Uh, like They were really running a, a in-depth NFL offense um, with, you know, a lack of talent in their receiving core and in their O-line. Um, but overall, I thought he played pretty well against a really tough Baltimore defense uh, that's always flying around. Um, but I do think they need to give Pierce the ball a little bit more, and I think this is a great spot to do it against Indianapolis, um, who have you know kind of a smaller defensive line. Um, on Indianapolis side of things, Anthony Richardson, uh, you know, gave Jacksonville some trouble. Uh, still extremely raw, but had some good runs. Uh, this, uh, you know, their defense had that <laughs> crazy play where where uh, they forced the fumble on Lawrence, but Tank Bigsby thought it was a, a incomplete pass, picked up the ball, just stood there with it, and was looking around, and then got it knocked out of his hands, and Indianapolis returned that for a touchdown. Um, so, you know, that game was probably closer than it could have been. But, um, you know, I, I like the way that the teammates have been rallying around Anthony Richardson, but still extremely raw. I can't really trust him throwing the ball yet. Uh, I, I don't really trust their running game. Obviously, no Jonathan Taylor. Um, and then one of their other running backs got got hurt in that game as well. Um, and then Houston's defense, I thought, played pretty well against Baltimore, especially Will Anderson. Five pressures and a sack in his debut. Secondary is young and, and talented as well. Uh, Jonathan Grenard on, on the other side for the Texans, rushing the quarterback, is also fanta- fantastic. So, um, yeah, I think Houston, good defense overall. An offense that I think can take advantage of Indianapolis's small defensive line. So I've got Houston 23, Indianapolis 16. Again, Houston's favored by one. I've got him win them, winning by 
seven. Uh, so I think this will be the best bet of the day. Um, Chicago at Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay favored by two and a half. Matchup to watch I have in this game is DJ Moore against Carlton Davis, who um, is a fantastic corner, and DJ Moore is a fantastic receiver who needs to get the ball more. Um, Justin Fields, very unimpressive in week one against the Green Bay Packers. Just pretty disappointing, the lack of improvement in his game. Uh, It seems like he might have even gotten worse in some areas. Missed so many receivers down the field. Uh, Just like it seems like he's got these vision problems where he just cannot find anybody down the field. And then he'll either just throw it to the check down or immediately look to run. And it seems like he's just trying to do that more than trying to pass. He's just, you know, focused on the on the rush um, and focused on running the football. And so his dropbacks are extremely slow as well, which is um, something that has worsened over over the years for whatever reason. It's just a, a little lollygag, you know, kind of step back at, when he after he snaps the ball. Um, really slow, misses receivers who are open quick because of that. Um, his drop back, I mean, not his step back in basketball on the mind, but um, yeah, Tampa Bay's defense also has got some serious talent. Seems like they got the defense that that won the Super Bowl. Vita Vea, uh, Antoine Winfield, uh, Joe Tron Shahenka is really good. Um, and it seems like he's breaking out. Uh, I just learned that Carlson Davis is actually going to be out for this game. So <laughs> it'll be DJ Moore against Jamel Dean, probably their cornerback, too, uh, out there as the matchup to watch. Um, and he's still pretty good and was on that Super Bowl winning defense as well. Obviously, Levante David and Devin White over there, too. Um, so I think this is a, a really good Tampa Bay defense against a really bad Chicago offense. Tampa Bay favored by two and a half. I have them winning by three, 20 to 17. Um, I just think that Tampa's offense, which I don't really believe in, uh, but I believe in more than the Bears offense, um, especially with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin still there. Um, pretty good offensive line and Run game is what Tampa Bay was hoping for coming into this season as well. All right, next game, Kansas City at Jacksonville. Kansas City is favored by three and a half. Travis Kelsey is back after missing week one. Desperately needed for the Chiefs, who could not find anybody to throw to. Kadarius Toney was dropping everything. Sky Moore, Richie James, pretty much nowhere to be found. Marquez Valdez-Scantling had that one catch deep down the middle of the field. That was about it. And then their tight end, Gray, had a couple decently long catches, but um, nothing super explosive. Uh, and I think that, that that could be something to watch as the Chiefs um, continue on here. Is like if Kadarius Tony is dropping stuff and, and he's not confident, um, and Travis Kelsey, you know, coming in on his age 34, 35 season – already dealing with an injury if Travis Kelsey is banged up again for another week. I don't know who Mahomes is going to throw to. So these guys need to step it up. And I think, you know, obviously with Kelsey in the lineup, that opens things up for these speedsters. Um, But it just seems like a lot of small kind of guys who just can run in straight lines. And that's about it. You know, Sky Moore, MVS coming to mind for that. Kadarius Tony seems like 
their only only reliable guy to create separation. And what good is the separation if you cannot catch the football? So I think that's something to watch. Um, but I do think with the with Kelsey in the lineup, uh, this Mahomes Kelsey, you know, dynamic chemistry that they have going is just way too hard to stop. Uh, especially for a Jacksonville defense who I don't really believe in uh, this much this year. Um, so I, I've got KC score, scoring 34 points. Uh, Trevor Lawrence on Jacksonville side of things is definitely breaking into superstar status. Um, and they have weapons on the outside that are elite. Um, however, KC's secondary, I think, uh, is pretty good as well. They're young, but they're really talented. Legereus Sneed out there, uh, Watson, Justin Reed. Uh, they're all they're all very good players. Um, and so I've got Kansas City winning 34 to 27, uh, favored by three and a half. I have them winning by seven, but I, I, I would definitely not, you know, be surprised at all if it's a, a closer game and if Jacksonville wins the game. Um, you know, if, if that offense of Kansas City really can't get anything going outside of Travis Kelsey. So we'll see. Green Bay at Atlanta, two teams that I really, really like this year. Atlanta's favored by minus by uh, one and a half. Um, two defenses who I think can be close to elite groups. I would say, you know, Dallas, San Francisco, and the Jets are probably the top three best defenses um, right now. But Green Bay and Atlanta, you know, not not far behind, uh, maybe in that tier below them. Um, and so, yeah, with Green Bay's defense being really good and Atlanta's offense being not so good last week, especially Desmond Ritter, you know, looking for targets, barely targeted Drake London and Kyle Pitts. I think at halftime, Drake Lennon had zero targets and Kyle Pitts had one target. So not including your two best weapons on the outside or, or passing wise, at least, um, you know, I think is, is concerning. Bijan Robinson looked very good. Tyler Algier got a lot of the carries though, but uh, when Bijan got the ball, extremely electric, had that touchdown, um, where he, it was a weird play call. I feel like it was like third and seven. They throw it outside to Robinson, who makes a guy miss, um, makes like another guy miss. You know, could have been stopped behind the line of scrimmage. Um, this was down at like the twenty yard line, makes another guy miss, and then runs into the end zone for the touchdown. So that was extremely impressive. And then Green Bay, man, maybe the winners of Week One uh, with how extremely good they looked, them and uh, San Francisco probably. But yeah, that defense flying all around the field, looking like they have a chip on their shoulder. Uh, Devontae Wyatt, Quay Walker, these guys are starting to break out. Young guys out of Georgia, uh, we know that that their defense has always you know, got some dogs and, and, and will always have good players in the NFL. Um, so, yeah, Jordan Love also offensively looked really calm, composed in the pocket, looked like he's been training under Aaron Rodgers for three years. Um, and so – you know, they did that with Brett Favre, and now they're doing it uh, with with Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love, um, to where these guys kind of you know develop and sit behind vets for a couple years uh, as they start to age. Those vets leave, and then these guys come in 
and they know the NFL game and, and, and defenses and stuff like that. Uh, and they come in looking good. So I wouldn't be surprised if Jordan Love has a really good year. I think Green Bay wins that division. Um, and I think they win this game 20 to 16 on the road at Atlanta. Next game, the Las Vegas Raiders at the Buffalo Bills. Bills favored by eight and a half. Uh, had that tough, tough game against New York that they ended up losing with Josh Allen turning the ball over uh, four times. Um, wow, what a hurdle by <laughs> this Maryland tight end I'm watching live right now. That was actually insane. Howard, hey, maybe we, you know the Broncos need him with no Albert O anymore and no Dulcich. This guy would be amazing. That was a crazy, crazy hurdle. But um, anyways... <laughs> The Jets ran all over the Bills last week with 172 yards on the ground. Uh, and I think Vegas comes in in this game with a better offensive line than the Jets and a better running back than the Jets. So that screams mismatch on that side of the ball. And when a team can physically dominate another team at the line of scrimmage and control the clock with their run game, they can hang with anybody. And I expect the the Raiders to hang with the Bills. This is another one of my best bets of the week is Raiders plus 8.5. Um, don't think that the Raiders defense is talented whatsoever, but I don't think that the Bills offense is nearly as talented as people, you know, might say they are. Yeah, they got Stephon Diggs, but it's not like he's in that upper, upper tier of receivers like Justin Jefferson, Tyreek Hill, Guys like that, I think he's probably, you know, a tier below those guys at, at wide receiver one. And then Gabe Davis, man. I mean, <laughs> this dude just like, he just doesn't show up. He just, you know, catches like three balls a game. And then randomly one week he'll have this insane game where he goes off and gets this 90-yard touchdown. Um, but outside of that, you know, pretty, pretty invisible in most Bills games and when he's the wide receiver two and people think he could be even a wide receiver one a which is insane to me because he can't create any separation unless he's going down the field in a straight line um I don't think the Bills receiving core is good at all I don't think their O-line is very good I don't think that their defense is as good as it was in years prior Von Miller is still out uh, and it's continuing to get old in the secondary with Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer, uh, really, you know, climbing up in age. Um, so, yeah, Buffalo, I don't really like this year. I don't think uh, – or, or, I <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. I'm not going to say I don't think they make the playoffs, but um, I think there's a greater than – definitely greater than 0% chance that they miss the playoffs. Um, and so I do have them winning this game ultimately – because I think that they overall do have more talent, more experience, and obviously I trust Josh Allen way more than I trust Jimmy G, even though Allen had all those turnovers in week one. Um, phenomenal talent, and I think that the Bills come away 27-23, but I do I am really confident in the in Vegas's ability to cover, and if Josh Allen is recklessly throwing balls into triple coverage while while they're in, while he's in field goal range again. The Bills could be on upset watch. Chargers at Tennessee. Chargers 
uh, favored by two and a half. Um, man, this game really tough to pick. I think it could go either way. I think this could be a huge Derrick Henry day against a really small and and terrible run defense um, and defensive line uh, in LA. And this has been their issue for like going on three or four years now. They just don't have enough guys that are big that can stop the run in the middle of that defensive line. So uh, yeah, I think Derrick Henry could run all over this defense um, who played really, really poorly against Miami. Their strength is supposed to be the passing defense as they added J.C. Jackson and made Derwin James their the highest safety paid safety in history. But in week one, they allowed 455 yards to two and the Dolphins, who granted are an extremely talented, fast, uh, and, and intricate and special offense. But when your head coach was supposed to be this genius defensive coordinator coming over from the Rams. He's the Sean McVay of defense. And he comes in and you have Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack and Derwin James and JC Jackson. All these guys who are supposed to be the best at their positions pretty much. And you still are a terrible defense and you allow the Jaguars to come back and win that game when you were up 27 to three in the playoffs last year. And now you give up 455 yards to Tua. Come on. Come on, Staley. I'm not surprised if Brandon Staley is the first coach fired. I think Tennessee wins this game 23 to 20, uh, taking over the time with the run game. All right. San Francisco at LA, the Rams this time. Uh, the Niners favored by seven and a half. Um, Puka Nakua is questionable for the Rams, who's that uh, drafted in the in the fifth round of the draft out of BYU, and in his debut had ten receptions for 119 yards coming out of nowhere as he got the start with Cooper Cup on the IR, but he is questionable for this game. Um, so that could be a big loss there in a wide receiver room that's already depleted. Uh, but the Rams did overall look really good against the Seahawks. Stafford, man, I think still probably a top 10 quarterback. So tough. Like it just doesn't matter who's around him, how bad his O-line is, how many times he gets hit. He's just a dog and he'll go out there and he'll do everything he can, um, to put his team in position to win. So I think they keep this game close. Uh, Brock Purdy in week one looked amazing, looked like he just didn't miss a beat after getting surgery on his elbow. Uh, super quick decisions looked amazing. Mr. Irrelevant, uh, maybe they're saying he's the next Tom Brady in San Francisco. <laughs> we shall see, um, you know, as the, as a quarterback that goes late and then starting quarterback gets hurt. And he comes in and he's just, you know, amazing. Um, so I've got San Francisco winning this game 30 to 23. Uh, as I said, San Fran favored by seven and a half. So technically the Rams cover here by half a point.
the Giants at the Arizona Cardinals. I am not really looking forward to this game because of the Giants' terrible offense in week one. Couldn't score a single point against an amazing uh, Rams defense, or I mean, a Cowboys defense. Um, but yeah, Daniel Jones looked looked really bad. I forget that um, new contract, not impressive whatsoever. Uh, and then, you know, on Arizona side of things, Josh Dobbs put in that super tough position, just picked up like three weeks ago, and then he's thrown in there and just starts a game uh, for the Cardinals. Uh, just kind of <laughs> insane stuff. I don't know, you know, what, what, what their real thought process was cutting Colt McCoy, who was there, you know, pretty much all of preseason. And then you bring in this guy who's on a, another team and then you just start him you know, just right away. And he looked pretty good. <laughs> uh, just like, you know, that Tennessee playoff game where he had a, against Jacksonville last year where he had to come in and Tennessee almost beat Jacksonville uh, with Josh Dobbs at quarterback. Um, Giants favored by four. I think they win because uh, I don't think that, I think the Cardinals are the worst team in the league. I don't think that they're talented. Uh really whatsoever on the offensive side of the ball. The D-line, Dennis Gardeck actually had two sacks, um, which was pretty crazy um, against uh, the Commanders. Um, and so, yeah, Giants favored by four. I think that they win. I'm going to say 24-17 to 17 Giants win and cover. Next game, Jets. At the Cowboys, man, this would have been such a fun game if Aaron Rodgers was playing. Uh, however, Dallas is favored by nine. Uh, this could be a defensive showdown, low-scoring game. Because, um, as I said before, I think both of these teams are top three in defense. Uh, they just fly around the field, force turnovers. They're insane. Um, and, you know, with Dallas's uh, healthy roster offensively. Tony Pollard is going off and, and could be one of the top running backs this year. Uh, CD Lamb still, uh, and then Dak Prescott, who really didn't show anything uh, in that in week one. It's not like he really needed to because the defense put up pretty much all those points. But um, yeah, we'll see how he does against a tough, tough Jets defense. Dallas favored by nine. I just think that with how good these defenses are, I think it'll be a low-scoring game, and, and Dallas might not even have you know, the time to go up by more than nine. So I, I'm just going to say it's 20 uh, to 13. Dallas wins against Zach Wilson and the Jets. All right. Here we go. The last of the late afternoon games. Washington at Denver. Chase Young, who was kind of the big what if for this week. He has not played in a really long time. Did not play in week one. Um, he is available. He was questionable coming into this game, and he was just reported available and will play. We'll probably we'll probably not see you know his regular snap count, but. Uh, that just makes that D-line that much scarier with Montez Sweat, Jonathan Allen, um, 
and now Chase Young really rushing the passer. Uh, I mean, th- this is pretty scary for uh, the Broncos O-line, who this is what they invested in. They got Ben Powers. They got Mike McGlinchey in free agency immediately and then, you know, get Garrett Bowles back from injury. Haven't, hasn't, haven't given up on him. Uh, the team hasn't, at least. Uh, I might have, but the team hasn't. Um, and so, yeah, we'll see how all this money is going to do against a really, really talented defensive line of the commanders. Um, Broncos favor by three and a half. I thought their offense actually looked pretty good against the Raiders. Um, you know, Russell Wilson had an amazing first half. Uh, and then in the second half, you know, I think each team only got six possessions um, the entire game. And so really hard to score, obviously, like like that. Um, and, and why it was a low-scoring game. Like, they, Broncos scored 16, but I think, you know, they were more efficient than the 16 points tells you on offense. Um, and so I think <sighs> – they can attack this a secondary in Washington that isn't, you know, as skilled um, and not the strength of their defense. And with Jerry Judy coming back, um, who I think is the Broncos' best receiver, just opens so much more up for Sutton and for other people just because of his uh, ability to separate and get open in the middle of the field. Um, should open up the run game as well. And, yeah, hopefully we see a dynamic Jerry Judy. Hamstring injuries are always scary uh, because they can come back and and pop up, you know, frequently. Um, So we'll hope he doesn't re-injure that. Uh, Washington against the Denver defense. Sam Howell, Washington, seems like they really, you know, are believing in him and and kind of putting – all the chips around him, uh, Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, Curtis Samuel, a really good wide receiver core there. Um, and he had a he had a decent week one, 202 yards, uh, did throw an interception, um, and had that that clutch, you know, rushing touchdown in the fourth quarter to put the Commanders up for good. Um, but I think you know <laughs> the defense for Denver is. is should be, you know, good, but I'm, I'm scared about the depth. I'm, I'm saying that, like, the starters should be good with no injuries. Just the names look good. But when these injuries start to pile up and, and Baron Browning's on the pup list and you got to really ri- rely on Nick Benito, um, who needs to prove why he was drafted in the second round, and and Randy Gregory needs to prove why he was given $80 million to come to Denver – um, just to rarely be on the field and make pretty much no impact every single time he is on the field. Uh, Frank Clark is out for this game. Um, Zach Allen, I, I thought he had the best game out of uh, out of the pass rushers of the Broncos. Um, him and Jonathan Cooper, I thought, were good. Uh, and so, yeah, let's, let's hope Zach Allen proves why the Broncos gave him all that money and why they didn't re-sign Draymond Jones um, this past offseason. So, yeah, uh, this will be tough. I think Jahan Dotson, the matchup to watch in this game, which I keep forgetting to, to talk about in all the other games, but um, the matchup 
I really want to watch Jahan Dotson against Damari Mathis or Riley Moss, the Broncos rookie cornerback out of Iowa who has been injured but is available for this game. We'll see what they do with him because Damari Mathis had a really tough game against the Raiders. Uh, Jacoby Myers had almost 100 yards against him, two touchdowns, uh, and then he also allowed uh, yeah, he allowed that touchdown late as well. Um, and yeah, that was really dis- disheartening to see because I thought he had a really good rookie season, but um, we'll see if, if Riley Moss has an opportunity against Jahan Dotson, who, you know, people in Washington think that they, he can have a breakout season this year um, really fast and, and, can catch the ball at, at any angle, really good at, at tracking the ball deep as well. So, you know, I think Broncos, the Broncos are going to need to key in on that matchup because Patrick Sutan on, on Terry McLaurin, while that's also extremely intriguing, if Devontae Adams can only <laughs> catch two balls against Patrick Sutan, uh, I think McLaurin could have a, a tough time too. Um, but he does have that speed that, that Adams doesn't have and could really threaten down the field um and so that makes it a lot tougher <sighs> all right denver favored by three and a half i think it'll be low scoring both of these defenses i think are decent and both of the offenses are still working through things um man the defensive line of washington's really 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 scary um they'll be attacking russ all day we'll see if the broncos could get any pressure I'm scared, man. The Broncos need to get back on track, starting 0-2 with your first two home games, being the Raiders and the Commanders, who people expect to not make the playoffs uh, this year, would be tough. Um, and then the Commanders starting at 2-0, and that would be really huge for them. But I think the Broncos' desperation on their side, uh, you know, with Sean Payton, um, I think he'll hammer in that the Broncos need to win this game. Um, so I'm going to say Broncos 20 to 17, but I'm just really not confident in saying that just because the Broncos, oh man, they just lose. They just always find these ways to lose late. The defense does this defense who just dominates for three and a half quarters. All of a sudden they always just limp to the finish line. These guys who have been around, you know, three, four years and they, all they've witnessed is losing and losing and losing. I mean, it's just hard to flip that mindset and from being a quote-unquote you know loser into a winner it's just tough we see that with Colorado I saw Dion talking about that you know they had to replace the entire team who was used to losing 1-11 last season they just didn't know how to win all right just wipe the whole slate clean um, and bring in guys who do know how to win like Shadur Sanders and Travis Hunter at Jackson State. Uh, And, yeah, these guys on the Broncos um, who have been around on the defense for a lot of years uh, that just continue to make mistakes, you know, have these penalties late in the game that cost them. Um, And, yeah, it's really hard to trust that they'll just come out victorious because it seems like they rarely ever do but i do have them coming out in this game uh 20 to 17 so let's see 
And then the last game, Sunday night, Miami Dolphins at New England. Whew, I think this will be a, a great game as well. Um, great my, uh, New England defense against, as I said, that Miami offense, which could very well be the best in the league. Uh, Tua gets the ball out so quick to to those receivers uh, who are, you know, two of like <laughs> the five fastest receivers in NFL history. He just needs to flip out uh, those slants and crossing routes and stuff to them. And they'll just make stuff happen. So, um, but the, the New England defense really well coached as always in the secondary and their front seven talented, uh, you know, Matthew Judon coming off the edge, Josh Uche, uh, great players. I don't really know how New England is going to score this year. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster is having a rough start. It seems like people within the New England organization kind of think he's the fifth best receiver on the team, which is tough because they just signed him in free agency to be the main guy. And yeah, his knee seems like it's almost close to, to blowing up according to him. Um, and are according to, to reporters and people around new England. Um, so yeah, that, that seems, you know, rough on their side of things in the receiving core. Um, and then running the ball, they couldn't get anything. It is Philly who has all those people up front, just a, you know, space jam, roster lineup of defensive linemen um and so it's always going to be tough to run against them i think miami comes out and wins this game um they have been winning against brian belichick a lot recently and so i think i'm gonna say dolphins 27 patriots 21 um this game, Miami, will it say what they're favored by? Miami's favored by two and a half. I have them covering. Monday night, two games, Saints, Panthers, Browns, Steelers. Um, Saints, Panthers, I don't think this will be close. Saints, like, I again, I, I, don't, I don't know how the Panthers are going to score. Just like they only put up 10 in week one, uh, I, I think they'll probably only put up. I don't think they'll put up 20 in this game against the Saints. Really, really good defense. Um, I say really a lot, I noticed, but yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, they're secondary, fast. Marshawn Lattimore is a beast. Front seven is huge and, and good. Um, and then, you know, Panthers, Bryce Young has nobody to throw to, really. Um, doesn't get much time in the pocket. Uh, so yeah, I, I think the Saints. I'm really fading the Panthers. Uh, Saints are favored by three. I think they win by a lot more than that. I'm gonna say I'm gonna go with the same thing with the Falcons. 24 to 10, uh, Saints win in Week Two. Brown Steelers, the last game of the week. Um, Browns favored by two and a half. I do think they win. Steelers offense looked incompetent in Week One. Could not get anything going on the ground or through the air. George Pickens looked like he was really frustrated on the sideline. And Kenny Pickett um, was extremely unimpressive with two interceptions. 
Uh, you know, that San Francisco defense, um, I think, is top three in the NFL. So that'll be tough to, to play against them. But uh, Cleveland's run game looks good. Deshaun Watson, I, I think if he can just make a few plays here and there with his legs, uh, and, you know, and, and just lean on that run game, on that offensive line, on Nick Chubb for most of the game, I think that's a successful uh, way to go for the Browns. Um, so, you know, I do think that they come into Pittsburgh and win this game. I just feel good about the Browns. I feel bad about the Steelers. Uh, I'm saying Browns win. 27-17. And so that will be it for the predictions. Um, see how I do. I'll keep track. Uh, throughout the entire season, see what my season record is at the end. Um, but yeah, that was the first episode. Um, I think it went pretty well. We'll see where it goes. Uh, but yeah, thanks for listening to the Higher Sports Podcast. I'll be back at some point. Peace out.